Welcome to the niche podcast about the one thing I know something about, game shows, I suppose. I am your host, Jordan Haas. This is the only game show podcast as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> anyway, uh, Stephanie B will be joining us in just a bit, but first, let's get to some gaming news. Uh, first of all, congratulations to our friend Jeopardy James. Uh, currently on a winning streak, obviously, but today he won $118,816. Yeah, you heard me right, $118,816. His grand total is now over the million-dollar barrier tonight, $1,061,554. Can his winning streak uh, continue, or is someone going to take him down before the season is up? I can't wait to find out. I, I'm going to keep watching Jeopardy because this is an exciting episode. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a daily double that's going to uh, mess with him or that someone finds a daily double instead of him and just cancels it out, but this is going to be a really exciting uh, rest of the season of Jeopardy, much like uh, Game of Thrones when you guys see who's going to take out the king and have their place in the Iron Throne, or in this case, I guess, being a Jeopardy champ, but it, it's my Game of Thrones, folks. What what you you guys can have your phone with the with the Lannisters or or whoever. I, I let me just have my James, okay? Thank you. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of Jeopardy champions, got the news over the weekend about best ever trivia show on Game Show Network. Game Show Network, the leader in game shows and competitive entertainment, has announced today best ever trivia show hosted by Sherry Separate will debut June tenth at four p.m. In Best Ever Trivia Show, three contestants face off against three trivia experts. The winning player then goes head-to-head in the final round against the expert who performed the best over the course of the show. The ultimate trivia challenge. If the player gets more correct answers than the expert, the player wins $10,000, along with the opportunity to come back and win up to a grand total of $30,000 and take his first spot in trivia history. The experts include Ken Jennings. So this is finally a Ken Jennings game show which i'm excited for he's won 2.5 million dollars on jeopardy 74 consecutive wins uh savannah brooks is also going to be there uh she is part of the world quizzing championships she was a contestant on millionaire in jeopardy uh ryan chaffee was on millionaire 500 questions who's still standing jeopardy lots of game shows jonathan who i remember from the chase uh is definitely going to be there he's a mensa member he's a quiz ball person very likable guy uh raj People put that on notice, but Raj was the guy who beat the Beast in a one-to-one match. He's going to be there. Uh, Ariana Hout is going to be there, also from the Chase and Jeopardy. Also, a lot of quizzes. Uh, most most commonly, I I just know her from her blogging about Disneyland. Uh, Muffy M- Muffy is a wonderful contestant on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Also part of the World Quizzing Championships. Uh, David Shalinsky, also a millionaire, also a King Trivia Master, also a big expert to have. So a lot of these great people are going to stop by to be the experts on this game show, which I'm actually very excited for because these are some names I've heard of that definitely have some clout in terms of quizzing, and it seems to me it's not going to be the chase. I think a lot of people are kind of trying to compare this to the chase, but there are other like beat the expert type game shows out there like Stump the Schwab and Beat the Geeks. But this kind of reminds me more of Eggheads. It kind of seems like you're not really playing against the experts until the final round, but the experts themselves are going to be basically helping you out along the way. It seems like this is going to be a game show where it's not so much what you know, it's what they don't know that's going to make you the points. 
I can't wait to see this. Uh, Sherry Shepard's the host, so it might be more lighthearted fun. I actually am kind of looking forward to this show. This kind of seems like a great show. Uh, I, I, I think a lot of people kind of are judging this show harshly uh, because of nostalgic feelings for The Chase, to which it's like, well, yeah, The Chase is good, but, I mean, if the budget can't come out with, like, $160,000 prizes or $120,000 prizes, and the top prize on this is ten grand, and then you can just return for twenty or 30000 then so be it. This is just a much... If you want to say cheaper version of the chase, sure, but this seems like a much more lighthearted version of the chase too. This doesn't seem like they're trying to go for the experts in trivia as they are just trying to go for everyday people, which I'm kind of on board for. So this kind of looks like a lot of fun. I look forward to seeing more about best ever trivia show. Look forward to reviewing it here on the on the podcast. Don't judge a book by its cover. That's all I'm trying to say. I mean, I thought that about Mental Samurai, and turned out I kind of enjoyed it. Also, it looks like Deal or No Deal is returning to CNBC June 12th at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. In addition to other CNBC shows like Jay Leno's Garage on August 28th and Cashpad on July 25th. Uh, on, on Cashpad, bachelorette couple turned home flippers JoJo Fletcher and Jordan Rogers will be a part of the Real Estate Thursdays along with Listing Impossible and 5-Day Biz fix working title. Maybe don't make uh, shows glamorizing house flipping because that's kind of what caused the housing flip market to crash and cause a lot of people to have economic downfall. I mean, it, it's kind of there, but uh, okay. Turmoil's good, I guess. It makes for dramatic television. But I'm excited for Deal or No Deal. One of my favorite game shows is coming back in June. So that's going to be weird. June is going to be full of a whole lot of game shows now that I think about it. Holy smokes. It also looks like Hypnotize Me is coming to the CW, but for some reason there is no date for the show based on what I'm seeing here. Hypnotize Me is based off a UK format called You're Back in the Room, and basically it's supposed to be a physical challenge game show where contestants are hypnotized by a hypnotist, because it's funny, remember those hypnotist shows that you saw when you were like a kid, and it's like, oh, your dad's a chicken, he's gonna cock-a-doodle-doo, hilarious. What if that was the the game show and the idea is supposed to be, well, hypnotism isn't bullshit because if it was, wouldn't these people do the, the physical challenge instead of the hypnotist thing for money? Huh? What's more important? And it's, look, I'm just going to say this. This was a Fox show and they never aired it. And it looks like CW has just picked up the rights to the Fox broadcast because Ty Diggs is hosting this and it doesn't look like uh, it's probably not going to go anything so i think this is probably just going to be buried or or something along the lines of like where penn and teller fullest are and it might end because it doesn't seem like they're really excited for for this show to which it's i mean it's given if it was me just 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 do the cube hey the cube was a good game show maybe cw can do the cube you can do a low budget the cube it's okay quarter million dollar the cube much better than hypnotize me. I've already seen uh, you're back in the room and hated it. I can't see how an American version would be any better. Oh, hang on. There's a press release. Hypnotize me is a comedy game show hosted by Tay Diggs. Based on the hate UK format, you're back in the room. I just said that. 
The show features physical comedy in unpredictable situations as contestants work together in teams and are challenged to complete a variety of simple everyday tasks, from frosting a cake to blowing up balloons after being hypnotized. With big money at stake, these contestants need to work together as a team. However, their entranced states cause hysterical hurdles that not only sabotage their progress, but reveal aspects of their personalities neither they, their family, nor their fans have ever before witnessed. The series also features award-winning hypnotist Keith Barry, who stars in the original UK show as a resident hypnotist. Hypnotize Me is produced by Tuesday's Child and BBC LA Productions, with executive producers Karen Smith of Lego Masters and Joe Sunkur of Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> okay. And now we got some unfortunate news. I, I like Buzzer. I like Buzzer when it was on Twitch, but unfortunately, on Monday, they made a tweet. We're sad to announce we will not be returning to Twitch. Thank you so much for watching Buzzer there. We enjoyed chatting and sharing game shows with you. Check us out on Pluto TV, Watchster, Dish, Channel 245, Prime Video, and more. BuzzerTV.com, it looks like the list. We hope we'd be back after a bit of a break, but now it's not the right time for us. We're sorry for the long delay, but we hope you'll be joining us celebrating game shows on a daily basis. If you want to find Buzzer in the area, visit buzzertv.com slash station underscore finder. Thank you. Oh, that's a, that's a shame. I really like Buzzer. Um, lots of great games on the Fremont Library there, but hey, you know, they're, they're going to do Supermarket Sweep. They're going to do Supermarket Sweep. They're going to do Card Sharks. They have all these great game shows, and... Wherever you find them, it's good. As long as it's a place that, you know, does not have to cost them money and, and is a way for a lot of people to get uh, free access to game shows, I would say. And I say free loosely, but, I mean, it's better than tape training. It's better than just scouring YouTube. Just keep doing what you're doing, Buzzer. We, I will I will follow you wherever you're going because you're a lot. Of, there's a lot of great people over there. Uh, and finally, the final news of the day. There's rumor. This is a rumor. This is not real news. This is this is just hearsay tabloid stuff. But it looks to me like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is ending in its syndicated run. Uh, so looks like there might not be a millionaire for the fall. Uh, that, that's, that's a shame. I, I did like Millionaire with Chris Harrison. Uh, but, I, I mean, it, it didn't really have the drama and effects that people really want in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Um, but if, if, if I had to take a guess, I don't think this is the end of who wants to be a millionaire in general. So don't be surprised if in a few like months, I would say maybe like June, there'll be an announcement that who wants to be a millionaire is returning in August or winter 2019 for a 20th anniversary special for ABC. And it's going to be played a bit like the Clarkson millionaire, where it's going to be a five to six night event. And they're still going to have the million dollar prize. And it, it's just going to be just uh, similar to the, the original format where there's a hot seat. So there's a chair you sit in. There's spotlights that go down. There's that familiar music that you remember from the old millionaire. There's the 50-50, phone a friend, ask the audience lifeline. Maybe they'll do ask the host like Clarkson. And then they'll try and figure out a good host. I'm guessing they'll go back to New York. Maybe they'll have Joy Behar or Howard Stern. Maybe Tim Allen, if he's still in good graces with Disney. I don't know. I mean, Toy Story 4 is coming up. Would make sense. But uh, I, I, there's, I need confirmation that Millionaire is ending. But 
something's telling me that this that Millionaire isn't going to end. It's going to be in favor of these primetime specials. Because if you really want the drama of Millionaire, you have to make it special. The way to make it special is like a few nights every few months. Because now it becomes event television. Maybe tonight's the night someone becomes a millionaire. And possibly because these are event episodes, they'd be more likely to have million dollar questions. Because from what friends have been telling me, the last time a million dollar question was asked was in 2013. That's been way too long to show a million dollar question on the show. And it makes sense on the budgetary standpoint because it is a syndicated show. But if it's called Millionaire and you're not seeing million dollar questions every so often, what's the point of watching the show? I think they're going to need to retool the show and bring it back to ABC where it belongs. And make it a fun variety a drama show where you're going to see people feel the pressure, and try to win huge sums of money answering these multiple-choice questions. It wasn't necessarily the case on the on the syndicated run. It seems they were trying to just go for more storytelling in terms of here's contestants and maybe slight woo-woo, but I, I, I think they wanted more trivia experts on Millionaire for the chance of just trying to make it to the final area of the final tier of Millionaire. But I, I, I can see Millionaire returning. I am not like going to be crying anytime soon or feeling s- sob stories, uh, feel, feeling bad about Millionaire, because I, I do think Millionaire is returning very quick, and I need to have that confirmation that Millionaire isn't going away, because I don't think it is. I, I, I like Millionaire, and I think it's staying. It's just I just don't think it's going to stay in syndication. Now what? 25 words or less we gotta see how that goes now that's a show i'm i'm looking forward to seeing but who, who knows this is all rumors and speculation i need some confirmation <sighs> I, I just turned 30 and i am single Valentine's came and went, and yeah, sometimes you see people happy, and you think, how do I find love? It's tough. I have Tinder, I have OkCupid, and Grindr, but let's not kid ourselves. Grindr doesn't work. But it hit me. Because of profile pics, is it what's on the outside that matters, or what's on the inside that counts? Personally, I think there is some mix of both that is necessary, that spark that can create a romantic interest that goes from acquaintance to friend to romantic partner. But Channel 4 in the UK have a dating show that's all about keeping up appearances, or lack thereof. In this game show, the suitors barely talk, and they don't have any clothes. They're naked. So it's looks, rather than heart. That gives them the date. Does size matter? Are we bound to live in a world where our own insecurities about our own appearances will mean our own downfall? Is there still a chance I could find love? To find out, I'm going to ask my friend Stephanie B. about it all. And even more strange, do it while fully dressed and professional? 
let's get to the reveal and turn the table. With me on the line is actually a close personal friend of mine, Stephanie B. Hi, folks. It's so nice to spend time with you. It's uh, I. This is one of the weird, most awkward game shows I could ever talk about, and I'm glad you're here to help me out. Oh, well, I don't have an awkward bone in my body. Would you like one? Uh, well, we could see six of them on this show. Uh, <laughs> this is This is called Naked Attraction. Uh, it airs on Channel 4. In the UK, specifically. Yes. Not just uh, I'm sure it, it's, there's probably foreign formats, just not America yet. So stay tuned. MTV is probably going to be picking the show up by the time this airs. Uh, I really think it's an HBO show, but we'll, we'll get to that. Like a real why. sex kind of. <laughs> yeah, very much. Okay, so here's how it works. Uh, this is a dating show. So it, the winner, the, the prize is a date. It's yeah. One who's the suitor and then six contestants. The catch all six of them are naked in a box. Like one in yeah, each box. Yeah, like a vertical coffin. Uh it's green, purple, orange, yellow, blue and pink, which makes for great selfie lighting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so in the first round, the suitor walks up to the to the stage and they're going to see all six boxes. And they're met by Anna Richardson. If you don't know who Anna Richardson is, she's a lovely presenter, very funny. She does a lot of uh, documentary series on Channel 4. And I believe she she's is great. married to Sue Perkins of Mel and Sue of the Great British Bake Off fame uh, and the comedy series of Mel and Sue. So, so yay, LGBT yeah, win. Big ups, big ups. Uh, in round one, when Anna Richardson is just cheering on everybody... Uh, they get to reveal everything from the wa- from the waist down, and that and they really yeah, mean waist down. <laughs> you see and this. So yeah, there's there's six stages for six contestants, and every time you winnow out a contestant, uh, you advance a stage. The first stage, as we said, is the belly button to the feet, and you just get to see these naked people. And sometimes you get to ask them to turn around, and you can see their butt. You see their and butt. You, you can see their their vajayjays. You can see their oh. Absolutely, see whistles. All. You can see their man. All the things that that would make up being silly things on Family Feud, no less. Basically, it's like starting the date out on Grinder, where you see the dick pic. We're straight up here yeah, with the dick pic. It's very dick first, uh, or or fo- or feet first. We we're not shaming the foot yes. fetishes here. Well, I just don't want to be mistaken for one, but I won't. Yeah, I won't. It's, so so it's anything of that of the six. They must eliminate one contestant. When they do, they get to reveal the entire body, and Anna gets to reveal some fun fact about them, like, oh, they're 25, and they're a mail worker. We go to round yeah. two, where it's the top half, which is all the way up to the neck. You don't get to see their face, but you do get to see shoulders their chest, down. shoulders, yeah. all that fun stuff. That means breasts, yes. That means breasts, and if you're a guy, I, six-pack, I guess. Yeah, there's some good six-packs. It, it, you know, it matters. And and usually around this point is when you will see like there'll be discussions about tattoos because a lot of these people are inked or piercings or any other form of of uh, thing that makes them stand out with just their flesh and and you get some nice backstories sometimes about the history of them and and what causes yeah. the uh, psych- the psychology of why do men like big breasts for instance yeah so after the first two rounds you get this little info 
entertainment, uh, like drawing doodle educational film. And there's two an episode. And so we watched an episode before recording this. This woman was like, oh, look at how big her breasts are. Or no, this guy was like, look at how big this lady's breasts are. And then we got a little educational segment about this is what happens to breasts as women age. Then you return seamlessly to the naked dating show. It's very... It's 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 kind of like a good excuse to show the breasts. There's a little breasts. whiplash, I think. Yeah. Then we go into what I call the rounds three and four, which is the... Now we go into the facial features. So round three is they show the face. Like it's head, hair, all that stuff. They can smile and too. You, you get can... to talk to them. They don't get to talk into round four. Round four is when oh, they talk. You're right. Yes. Round four, they get to speak. And so it becomes a matter of voice. So it's like, do they have a London accent? Are they Welsh? Are they Irish? We don't know. Do you prefer lower voice? Do you prefer higher voice? We don't know. So after round three, we're... After sort of the genitals and and breasts and pecs sort of... Yeah, it's now the face pics, which is usually the first thing you see on a Tinder date, for instance. It's just the face shots. Yeah. We're going that to the end. It's the face and voice is round four. So it's a six, five, four, three, t- and then when there's two left, it, the the suitor gets to be naked. That's the twist. Yeah, it's a big twist. So at this point, you know, you've been on the show, you've been kind of picking in different naked bodies that you haven't really been talking, to, and now they're going to get to talk to you. But to put you back on even footing, you have to go backstage and get naked and come back. And then they get to be like, oh, I like your bud and all this other stuff. And it really, I think, clearly acts as sort of a second act. And then when it concludes, that suitor then makes picks between the two, and they go on a lovely date. And we get to see part yes. of that date. And how, basically so, how uh, awkward it is. It's a dating show. So the purpose really is, you know, if you win, you get to go on a date with the person of your choice. But, you know, you go into this, like, first date situation. I've already seen your balls, dude. Like, how awkward can this possibly get? Like, we're good. It that's the twist yeah, they kind of that's their promotion is they this is the show yeah. they promote it as this is a show that starts where most first dates end, most good yes. first dates end you're both naked and on national t- on national televisions so people get to see the all the the stuff too um and the dates are fun and then after that date there's then like a recap like a mini oh, recap so, sometimes at the end of the date they do hook up and you the camera will follow the happy couple like to the hotel room door and then turn off and things like that so it's like it's most of these are happy endings even if they don't turn out like oh i don't really like this person i kind of did like this other person yeah there was one of those that we saw it was nice a lot of them don't i would say don't end up working out but I think a surprising number of them seem to be, you know, a month later when they come and do the second, it still seem to be going okay. So it's it's such a function. Now, it's to explain the set, I'll quickly explain the set. It's just shiny black floor, a little bit of lights, almost like a, like, just like weird model runway. And then each of these little boxes are kind of perfect for like a mannequin. Like mannequin sized for fashion. Yeah, they're they're kind of horizontal standing up acrylic led glowing coffins uh to yeah. put it lightly coffins is a good way to put it because it sure will put a death to television am i right Offcom? well um, it, it is i would say the death of television and the idea that you have to write anything or do anything to make good television other than film things happen well i mean i mean there's a lot of shows like dating naked and naked and afraid and 
Yeah, that's true. There are. But I think that they don't have the body positivity of this show, which is why I really wanted to talk about it. This, this is, yes, let's talk about the body positivity aspect of the show, because I think that is the major layer of why this show is actually a very interesting game show. Yes. So obviously the show, as we've described it so far, just the mechanical function of the round-to-round movement sounds, you know, kind of... Meat salacious. It sounds yeah. It's meat oh, I like it's big very, boobies, uh, so I'm gonna pick the least breast lady to get out of here. It's very. It sounds like a a TV show from Idiocracy. I think. <laughs> you, but it, it's. You know. yeah, but but so, it is remarkably uh, body positive and dedicated. I think in the way that it talks about these things and about people's bodies and about just putting everything on display and about the, the questions that are asked of people. I think sort of all tie together and hint to a real purpose to make something that is body positive and that embraces kind of human diversity and the diversity of sexual attraction. This is a show where I will applaud right now. I'm going to say this. Not a lot of times I will applaud casting, especially for dating shows. The casting really is they remarkable. They nail so a casting for a dating show on this. They go for what's the preference of the suitor, and they find six really well-suited people for that. Do you want tall? Yeah. Do you want short? Do you are you? Do you like a tattoo? You know? Are you are stuff. you fully gay? Are you bisexual? Are you pansexual? Are you straight? Do you like big titties? You know, like all of the questions. And they will get through that. And they will. And it's like if you have no preference, they will make sure you get all the colors of the rainbow. They will every every race, every. And, uh, and I will say it's not in a salacious or sort of othering or tokenizing way. Right. Like the diversity no. of the contestants really is just to show off the diversity of, you know, the whole population. For the one uh, that we watched we an saw. episode was. Yeah, yeah, please. For the one we saw today, there was one that was a basic, like I would say, most good hetero episode ever. It's a guy and it's six women. Like it's straight as it can get. Yeah, there's an A story and a B story. And this is the first half. The first half is a straight guy and wants a nice lady. But someone's a little rebellious. So there's like, it's all gorgeous women with like little tattoos here and there. Dying hair and tattoos and pierced nipples. You know. You're the regular tumblerinas, am I right, folks? Or burr? Oh, no. I'm one I of those. Anyway. Uh, and then in the episode two, the part two of this, was a pansexual woman. And their casting, instead of just all guys, what, or even like guys and girls, they actually included transi- transitioning people. So the way that her kind of... Uh, selections broke down was there were three women and two men and one of the women and one of the men were trans and you know the trans man wasn't on hormones and he hadn't had top surgery and the trans woman was just starting her trans it was a very I think impressive selection in body diversity and not just showing this sort of you know if you have a trans man's body on t- bucking sort of the type of what it looks on like a trans one as well and they were with open arms about all of this. They were not like even doing it out of like a gimmick, out of shock value. They were just going, no, that's, you, you say that, there you go. I, I do think there's a little bit of salaciousness, right? If you're plotting it, if you're casting it, if you're putting it together, you think, oh, this one's good. Here's this hook. But yeah. I think that it's not any more than you'd see in other reality television. I don't think it's, you know, got the added menace and tokenization that comes with sexuality added. I think it's just reality TV. It's just reality television. And it wasn't as much meat market as expected. 
Yeah, so there is one episode that got very meat marketing, and I really disliked it, and I thought it had a very different tone from the rest of the show. I, I and saw that's a the clip episode of it. where a couple are looking for a unicorn third woman for their, you know, we're a poly couple, so we get six poly. Yes, they wanted a poly third girlfriend, and it's fine. But the way that they kind of treated the ordeal as like we're only here for sex, like we're not really. It really, I think, didn't agree sort of vibe that the show up until then had been really well presenting. So it has that chance. But that's really, I've seen a bunch of episodes of this, not to toot my own horn, but I, I've seen a bunch of episodes. And the only one that really had that, that meat markety, that menace, that sort of uncomfortable aspect was this one half of one episode. And I only saw the clip of it and I was kind of like, oh, uh-oh, this is not going to be a good episode. But then watching this episode with Stephanie, completely different. I, I'm kind of like, this is a shocking show, not because of how provocative it is. But just the no, way but, it but presents itself. No, but it's shocking itself. because of how provocative it is while being good. It's it's one of those... You expect it to be bad. You expect <laughs> it to be trashy. You expect it to be like... If Negative. They, if, like if this was an American oh, game show, I sexist. will... Like it would be, I don't like the, the tits on number two. Bye. And then they'd play a big loud, like losing a horn, and she, you wouldn't even meet her. She, you know, and or she, you would meet her, and she confronts you, like, "Well, I don't want to see your small cock anyway." Blah. And then the audience go, "Jerry, Jerry, Jerry." Jerry. Jerry. Also, and of yeah. course, I did say those two naughty words because it would, of course, be bleeped. And then, like, oh, how provocative! They're saying curse words. It's it's in this show. Yeah, they say a little bit of those cursy words. But they do it in a way that, it, I wouldn't say British elegance, but in a way that no, is... It, there's there's a cheekiness to it. There's uh, It's a cheeky. It. it is a show that would have fit in like 2004 as it would today. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it does feel kind of timeless in that you can't really locate it in modern history. You can't be like, oh, this feels very, you know, 2012. It just kind of exists. And you kind of go, oh, that's not what I expected it to and be. It, All right. And it does a good job of, I would say inclusion is the perfect word. It, it, it's the, the right kind of inclusion for a dating show. Because this is the kind of show where they did not care if you're gay, if you're poly, if you're if you're pan, if you're heter. They put you all, they just say, come on, on board. We have a great game for you to play. All you got to do is, is not judge someone by their character, but by their looks. Usually and it's the other way around. Yourself. You also have to get naked. And the only thing that I would give a, a questionable thing is it still has that one nature of like the weird, awkward guy who would like hold your hand and can I see your tattoos? It still has that little edge to it that's like a little awkward. It certainly does. But I think the fact that you meet the single contestant first and you kind of hear what they're looking for and you know. I have I'm I have terrible taste in man like I just keep going for bad boys so I want my friends sign me up for this show and you know like things like that. There's all this sort of context and certainly it, it is. And then you get six bad boys, but it's not like bad yeah. boys in the sense of we know you want like a a criminal record. You want some guy that has a cool like a couple of piercings here and there, a little tattoo, and maybe a cool job. So here is like a, a mechanic assistant or a tattoo artist, yeah, something like yeah, that. And they get those people. Variety. 
and a lot of attention and a lot of the casting I really think makes the show what it is. When you're eliminated on this show, it is not distasteful. It really is just like you have your final three minutes. You can. Yes, you're going to see your butt walk out the door like in the weakest link. Walk of shame. But, promise you you get to see the butt but you also they stand a little on a little spinny pedestal and they get fully dressed and you get to see that's their elimination they get dressed in the yes <laughs> you know you're knocked off the show get your clothes back on okay let's see you in your like business casual outfit and oh you look great like good for you what in a what a humiliation elimination you must leave the show put on some clothes <laughs> But it's and that really is the spirit of the show. Like I think it is, if not you know kind, then I think it is at least very gentle and willing to respect people. And the thing is, though, like the when they do the sign off, like you get eliminated, the contestants, most of them have like positive things to say about their show. Like I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of my body. I'm proud of the way I look. I might not yeah, have found you know, someone people, today. People will say. You know, if you don't like someone as skinny as I am, I get that. Other people do. Other people don't. That's just preference. And, you know, I'm happy to have been on the show. And and it's like... That and they is, seem to, to... That seems to be true. And and that's the... I think that if, if it wasn't for things like that, and if it wasn't for, like, the studies and the facts, this would have just been just let's look at each other's junk for th- 30 minutes before we come up with something. And this show kind of has that, that elegance to it that... I, I do enjoy for, for a dating series. According to some statistics I got, uh, it takes on average about 16 hours, almost a full day, to record one episode. Oh, I can imagine, because there's so many segments, right? And then you have to go and you film the evening segment. It's it's a lot of time. It's more than I thought. And because... appearance fees-wise, if you're on the show, you get no money. Yes, I was going to look into that, and I got to the point where you had to email them and then i did so so the casting wise is is people look to be on the show based on that is when they actually cast you to either be a suitor or a contestant they don't pick either or if you're an alternate and you're on that day and you're not like on camera naked you're just like backstage waiting to be called up you get 75 pounds okay so it's a fun day it's not you know it's not a professional gets you're doing it because you want to do it. Yes. Uh, and of course, if you, you get have picked. Because you have a little exhibitionist streak, Robert. And if you get picked, they will comp you for the date. That's that's the only real prize is they comp the date. <laughs> All right. So so that one cocktail in that one place that they rented out. And yeah, I like the introduction sequences. I mean, like the UK, when it comes to dating shows, there's a whole lot of them. There's Take Me Out. There's Love Island, which is coming soon to CBS. Naked Attraction feels like Blind Date in reverse. With Blind Date, which here is called, which in America... Yeah, t- talk about this, because America does also have this show. Yeah, uh, America, Blind Date is the dating game. Bachelor number one, Bachelor number two, Bachelor number three. You don't see the people, you just ask them questions. And it's like a little seductive kind of way. And, and it concludes with you pick between the three, which one you want to go on a date with. Then there's other shows like in America, like Baggage, where it's things like... I collect action figures, ooh, or I'm a furry, ooh, and Jerry Springer hosts that show. Oh, good for him. I wondered. (laughs) And then you vote out, like, which one is too much baggage, concluding with they get to see your big red bag, and it's kind of like I totaled my ex's car when I found out they were cheating on me. Oh, that's so fun. It's a dating show about your, like, greatest shame. Yes, that's basically it. Start with that. Oh, that's lovely. I really like that. 
This is this is less sedacious than that. This is just the pure the human body. Yeah. And what causes people to be attracted to other people? And it seems to me like even though they are going by first, you know, the genitalia, when it gets to the facial features, they actually also instruct as to why people like certain faces and and different looks that way. And then when you hear voice, it's also like why do people care about pitch? Why do people care about which accent? And, and that adds a bit to it in almost a sociology level of, of a show. So it's like, uh, in history times, people with low voices that are deep sound more masculine, and therefore stronger and fertile. I like that. You learn stuff. Yeah, you do. But it, it, it doesn't ask the and important question. it's presented question. very entry-level. It's, it's a very entry-level uh, education. You know, you, you draw all these teenage boys or other people, but, you know, a lot of teenage boys are going to hear about the... I don't want to know if people girl. were honking it to the show. I don't want to no. know. <laughs> I don't think... It's not that sexy, right? Like, it's it's sexual, but... The, the, they're not erect. There is no erections not, on this show. No, it's it's not, like, like, arousing. It's just naked, I would say. It's almost like this is almost like if this was just a uh, a nudist dating show, like you would believe this would be the show they would air on like a nudist. Oh, that does exist, and it's also on YouTube. Um, oh no, <laughs> it's German. Oh, I saw it once. I I don't know anything about it. I'm afraid. I'm going to find. I mean, I've seen dating. I've seen dating naked on VH1, so this is not surprising. But I do like this a lot better, and I believe it's because of Anna. Yeah, she's really good. She's very personable. She's very willing to cut through any uncomfortableness that the extent might have as well, which I think is really great. My favorite thing was there's this, this straight up question is when it got to the first half and it was just, here's the junk. And it's, they just talk to the pansexual uh, lady. So what do you prefer, penis or vagina? Like just yeah, and straight it's just up, that's the question. Right? Like there's a couple different kinds of interviewing and I think that her style is to very just you know knock people off their their balance and let something really genuine happen as a result and I think it's good TV it's dry it's very dry in its humor but it's also very intelligent in the way it's presented um so so let's let's go so you've seen more episodes of this so I I'm only... I, I won't say how many not all of them I you know, not even half, but so I, I I gotta figure out here. I'm assuming they're not all happy endings. Uh, no, there's a lot of times where you know, four weeks later they get together on the couch for the post interview, and the lady is like, "Why didn't you fucking text me back?" And the guy's like, "I thought I did," and she's like, "No, you didn't." And he's like, "I thought I did." And she's like, "Go pull up your phone," and he's like, "Oh, I guess I didn't. Sorry." And then she just like leave, and you know that's real life also all right i'm because there's a lot of stuff i don't even know about the show but i assume you you would um, i might and so we we saw a pansexual contestant i'm assuming she's not the only one right no absolutely not there's even in gender queer contestants and on the diversity front there's been contestants of various races and ability oh that's right there was in the intro we saw a few disabled contestants yeah, there's a, one episode that has two disabled uh, models, I guess. What have we decided to call them? I, 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 I will say models. I mean, they're very good. Sure. Look. Model, models and contestant, to keep it clear. Yeah, we'll say that. Yeah. The so contestant, the suitor and the contestant. We'll say suitor. Contestants. That's better. So there's one episode with two contestants who are in wheelchairs. Uh, there's an episode with a disabled suitor. 
there's an episode with a genderqueer suitor who is banging, by the way. That one is B, if you're on the website for that. Uh, so, you know, lots of great, diverse, there's gay men, there's lesbians, there's straight women, straight men. There's one couple, like I said, I didn't like that one as much. But I think it's a a very diverse show. They didn't, I'm, 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 it, the last one was last year around August. It was like the last series of the show. I'm going to take a guess and say they're going to pick it up again for series, I think, five at this point. I would expect so. So if you're listening to this and you're in the UK, go ahead and apply. Apply. <laughs> That's your <laughs> suggestion. Apply to be on the on this series. Uh, the first series lasted five episodes, started July 25th, 2016. Oh, how time flies. It It's it's a strange oh, wow. little show. Because it is, it is so good, and you wouldn't expect it. In or at least I certainly do. In one episode, they get someone who's 50 years old. So they even go older in this show, too. They, oh, they really do. do. There's a lot of housewives, a lot of, like, 50-year-olds uh, in the boxes. Like, it's not all 20-year-olds with tight butts. Although, we did see some very... We did see a couple of those. Very tight butts. Certainly. Uh, <laughs> And it and it gets on average about a million viewers, which, by the way, in UK terms means great numbers. Yeah, those are pretty good numbers, because, you know, it's post-Watershed, obviously, you know, doing okay. It's, uh, and this is Channel 4, and the production company is Steel Lambert. Steel Lambert, I, I, I know them as the undercover boss people. Uh, oh, they are, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they, they usually, so this is kind of the show that would definitely... I'm surprised would be picked up in America. So, so the quick the quick story is: should this be in America? Should there be an American version? This isn't could not even that, but could there be an American version? Right? Yeah. That's now, kind of an interesting. Now question. you say HBO. I I'm not American. I will confess. I'm from Canada. What's that? Eh? But well, okay. Maybe. So there then then slice. I guess slice in in Canada then would be. <laughs> Or, or uh, we used to have a spike, but I don't think this is a a, a spike show. It has to be. It's, it's kind of spiky, but it's too. I, I think. I think this HBO is a premium premium thing, which would definitely yeah. show the 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 the, the nipples. Titties. Um, considering how na uh, dating naked was on VH1, I think this could work as an MTV show. MTV. I think you're right. MTV really pushes the envelope, and I think some really exciting programming. This is, and it's a nice dating show. I mean, like usually their dating shows are like "Are You the One" or "Singled Out." And this one, it it's a more tasteful kind of show. But I think if they did it, it would have one of those studio audiences. More tasteful than "Singled Out." You you're right, but that's a funny sentence. <laughs> it's uh, and so you're gonna see like, let's lift them up, woo! But I think it has to be one that does it tastefully. Otherwise, it just has to be like a a, a premium show, like one yeah, that will. I mean, either either it's pornography or it's body positive, right? Like you you yeah. have to pick one of them. Now, I would be on the argument it's not pornography. This is me too. I think so as well. I think it's a body positive dating show with a fun little twist from the end of television. But I, I think that it's you know it's not. I mean, it's clearly not going to be a network show. It's not going to be like coming no, to CBS after. <laughs> After two and a half men, come see, <laughs> come see Naked Attraction. It wouldn't even be, a, it can't even be Fox. That Sexbox was American. Sexbox was not American. I believe oh, they, I believe that was a science channel show that they transferred okay. over. Um, okay. 
which which by the way was a good documentary series so if you've never seen sex box because i i have to assume people have never heard of sex box yeah we're going pretty niche in this whole kind of sphere and i'm i'm at the limits of my knowledge dear listener but we're hidden so sex box was a documentary series uh, in british television where they get couples and they don't care which couples it was interracial it was uh, same sex it was you name it and the idea was let's put two of them or three of them inside a box and they just have sex in the box yeah, so there's a soundstage with a great big opaque box on it and then also on the soundstage are three chairs for advice givers one of whom is dan savage and you talk about your relationship and then you go in the box and bang it out and then you come back out and dan savage is like aren't you like less angry about how he doesn't share the like car keys yeah and it's like and they also get sex therapists and yes there's a sex therapist the idea is supposed to be on the importance of sex and in the mindset and what does it mean and is some is being a little more bottom or top really how it is in the real world how do you get more pleasure in sex and it's a very open show about sex yeah but i don't think it it's it wasn't successful like this one is i think it only got a season or maybe it two, got one right? se- season plus it's kind of like it's called sex box they have sex in the box yeah it's it's you know again very clear naked attraction it's a naked dating show sex box they have sex in the box but on naked attraction we get to see the nudity and i think that that's very good television it it is you do get to see the nudity but they don't i would say if you are like a like if you if you are a culturally uh i would say conservative a cultural conservative you know protect your eyes kids don't show the nudity this would be the most offensive show in the world to you probably <laughs> to and, those, and it is very degenerate in that way it is. i would say but to those that are more open minded to those that are welcoming of others for who they are their body types their their uh sexualities this is the show that is almost like a godsend to you because it shows you it's okay to be who you are. Yeah, and, and it's not only is it okay to be who you are, but who you are is desirable, is attractive, and there's a real power in that. And I think that that is a good message. And that's, and that's something... But we, I, I also... Oh, go on. Oh, go ahead, please. I, okay, uh, so I was going to say, I think that, yeah, absolutely, it's for us, which is great. But I think, again, I keep coming back to this point that I think there's just such strength in having this show that clearly anyone who might just choose to watch it and to have the consistent sort of educational body positive message that the show does have. I think you're acting as like a sleeper aid to really like push those messages into sections of society that might not have been exposed to them. That's the only question I have if it comes to America because you might end up with the Who's most Americanized version of the show, where it's, I don't like fatty, so I'm getting rid of purple. It's like, no. Yeah, yeah, and then in the B-plot, you have, like, an effet coastal liberal who's like, I need a thick goth GF, and, you know. Yeah! <laughs> play the, it off as, like, a sort of culture war thing. Oh, that'd be fun. I, I, but the thing is, I think they could easily do that. I mean... They have. They just brought over Game of Clones on, I believe, yeah. VH1. They brought that back. They brought it over here. So it is no surprise if by now we get the word, Naked Attractions coming to MTV, 
or or some extended network because this has a really cheap budget i should just say because a dating yeah, show it, has... it, it's a long shoot because you do the date afterwards but it's so cheap to film and but the presentation of it definitely could have gotten a lot worse it could have been pornographic as hell you could have heard that porno guitar in the background oh let's bring yeah, out the, the suitor quiet ambient radio background music it's you know very tasteful it is it is a very it is a delightful show it I'm is i'm so glad that you feel the way i do about it i well uh, the way i look at game shows is they're all time capsules of the day and a lot yeah. of them have cultural impacts and this is a show that definitely is a time capsule of basic i wouldn't say free love because that sounds like a very no, 60s hippie very, thing you know post repression sort of thing yeah this is a this is definitely a show that knocks out any sort of ugly behavior that you see on most dating shows they want you to be catty they want you to like the bachelor bachelorette is just you have to have the cat yeah, fight it's you not have like that at all it's, it's this very is the much... flip opposite <laughs> Yeah, you're you know, it's going into a first date with essentially all the info. And, and that's it, very different from the bachelor. And they're kind of pointing at this going, Yeah, yeah, you're seeing the naked people, okay, yeah, the junk, okay. But do you understand the purpose of why we're doing this? It's not because we wanna be shock and awe here. We wanna just it's really just is looks everything on the show. And from what you're telling me, not always, because sometimes the looks pick the suitor, but the dates go wrong, but then someone else ends up being the next person, and they go on the date. Yeah, that that was really, I think, just the one we saw. Maybe another one. I haven't seen it. I don't know. But I'm sure like, that there are happened. others where it's, oh, I made a wrong choice, or... Yes, yeah, certainly there's a lot where it doesn't work out. And there's, you know, also ones where they hook up, but then they don't really have any chemistry as a relationship. So it's, you know, it was nice, the date was good, but we don't have a relationship future. And, you know, the, the whole gamut, the whole spread of relationships and first dates and how they go. But now we got to bring up one last thing, which is, I think, that your favorite part of the guilty pleasure of this, Stephanie. Oh, well, why don't you get a little more specific before I incriminate When myself? someone gets eliminated. <laughs> okay, yeah, so this is great. The hug. There's there's five, six contestants, and... So that means there's six hugs, and every hug is a delight. So the thing is, at least one person at the end, you know, two people in the hug, are naked. And it's, you know, televised on national. And so you don't really want to, you know, you, you, you want to be polite and nice to this person. Sorry, I didn't want to pick you the date, but I'm sure you're lovely. Here's a little hug. On your way, we get to watch your ass jiggle. But the hug very much is just the shoulders lean in and the shoulders lean in. Because otherwise, you know, your genitals are touching and it's just so awkward. So you, as you watch this show, especially if you watch like, you know, you're having a couple drinks with your friends, you're watching, you know, two in the night, three in a night, maybe you're like, okay, you start just really pointing out and noticing shoulder hug, shoulder hug, shoulder hug. And it's just funnier every Thank you. It's my favorite right now is the, should we do the handshake or not? And sometimes it's just yes. like, I'm going to do a handshake. No, I have to do like, so I'm going to do the pat on the back handshake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you do the one and then you come in around. And then the host, Anna, is just standing on the sidelines going, oh, well, she is beautiful. 
<laughs> you could have had her. Now, by the way, I mentioned she's 28 years old and she has your dream job. Because <laughs> some of these occupations, it was fun. The one we saw was someone who was studying uh, to be a, like a, I think a, like a, for a spine, like a spine specialist. Like a, yeah, that guy was a paramedic, actually, but he just clearly just done his medical ortho, whatever. And and some of the casting, they got these with... gorgeous ladies, and their occupations mirror his. So it's like, not just nurse. Yeah, you know, you're in medicine. And this one woman, he's like, your ass is so beautiful. But it might, you know, this little inclination, you might have spine problems later in life, so I'm going to eliminate you. And it's like, my God, dude, she's the prettiest one in the building. Like, insane. But that's the fun part of the show. It's their their it explanation sometimes their make no personal... sense. Yeah. And, you know, you're reading into... You have an overwhelming amount of stuff that you're presented with. But also in terms of what you can say and what you... Like, it's okay to talk about choosing based on. There's really not so much you can say. Like, you can say, oh, his dick looks weird. But do you want that to be you on national? Well, they... There is not a lot of fat shaming. That's the kind of the point I was trying there to get is, out with this. Is no. There's not a yeah, lot of fat yeah. shaming on the show you would think would be about, you know, how thin you are, how fat you are, and and just going, I don't like, get out. Like, it, it's typically just, uh, I'm worried uh, the legs are a little too skinny, so I don't know. Or when you see someone with, like, love handles, it's, well, it's not the love handles, it's like... It's the fact that there's love handles, but nothing on the back. Like, that's that's throwing me off. Why is there not a big butt? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Or there's, you know, a woman in a gym rat, and she's looking for another one. And, you know, she wants someone who is also going to be going to the gym with her five times a week. So she's picking based on that. And that's also fine. But it's just based on people. And it's, and and it's not really... And I think that, that that's, a, that's the that's part of the show is everyone has an open mind going into it and leaving the game. I don't think yeah. there's a lot of contestants who are embarrassed after seeing their episode aired and then getting told, you know, no, a million people really saw your dick, right? Reality TV. It's not American at all. I would say it is. I almost guarantee almost guarantee. Cause I'm not going to bet money on this one, but I am almost betting that every contestant on Naked Attraction has gotten calls or asked out on dates after appearing on the show. Well, there's, um, some of them are, you know, reality TV type people or models or other things. And there's Twitter accounts where, oh, I've said too much. Never mind. Thanks, folks. <laughs> what happened? No, I just found one of the women on Twitter and she had this like post was talking about. Uh, how Jeremy Corbyn is true, and I thought, oh, isn't that nice? There you and go. I like I said, most open-minded. Uh, I don't think a lot of people who appeared on the show voted remain. Well, I don't know that you can assume that, but yeah, you, maybe. I mean, sorry, leave. It's more leave. urban. They didn't right? vote it's... for Brexit. They said, I want to stay yeah. in the EU. <laughs> I'm good. I'm assuming that. Uh, only because... Because you want to. Only because I think of a, of a cultural mindset of conservatism. Just that mindset of we should not, a censorship-wise, the censorship mind of politics. We should not show uh, breasts, we should not show butts, we should not show genitalia. And this is just, oh, and then there's the flip side of, it's also fat shaming and all this, even though you've never seen the show before. It barely does that. I'm pretty sure you've seen more episodes than I am, so I'm sure some of them have. Oh, there's some thick bitches, absolutely. 
something but some of them have said like awful things i'm assuming at least once someone has said something really awful oh not that i've seen or if they have it hasn't been left in the edit i would say as it seems it because I think it's the openness. That's the appeal of the show. It's I, I think there are certainly some cases where suitors have been, you know, startling or forward. But I don't think it's ever been a case where someone was like, I think let's get rid of pink because I think pink is disgusting and hideous. Like, it's it's not... I think the people who are playing all understand that there's, you know, a, a real risk and cost involved in being naked on national TV. And they want to respect that. And it and it goes to like personal preferences. Like it starts out with, do you like hairy legs or not? Do you like bush or not? Then it goes on to yeah, how what many shape? And you know, if someone has her bush shaped shaved in a little heart, is that interesting? Is that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? Then it goes into the second round where it's okay. Here's the breast. Here's the here's the chest. Does big boobs really mean anything? Does having muscle mean anything to you? Is a six pack really care? Then it gets into the face. It's, does yeah, and facial hair matter. Only then do you get to see the face, which is so They have uh, different. septum piercings. Does that bother you? They have pink hair. Does that bother you? What Does any of this matter to you at all? And time and time again, the answer is no. It's, I'm fine. This is really yeah. tough. I can't choose. Uh, was there any other like final thoughts you had in regards to naked attraction? Yeah, I do have one last little thing. So I want to compare Naked Attraction to other dating shows. Okay. And, you know, a lot of dating shows tend to... If you've watched enough of this sphere, you know there's the kind of matchmaking dating game, you know, Bachelor number one, Bachelor number two, Bachelor number three. And then you have stuff with its own kind of hook and gimmick. And I think that a lot of the time, no matter whether or not it's traditional or it has a gimmick, the the dating show tend to be about, and especially the modern dating show, but they, they tend to be about objectifying women as you know one of the top two or three priorities for the show yeah because that's you know what gets eyeballs on tv sets that's what they think people are tuning in for but naked attraction i think has a more interesting premise which is what if it wasn't coercive what if people made the decision to come on this show knowing what they know about it and what if we treated them with respect and i think that that is enormous and when they have and i'm not gonna say exploit women because they're naked but even if that's the case like they it, it's one of those you will be desensitized by that by the end of the episode it's like oh you want to see a naked lady and they're very good looking well here's six of them make your selection they're all equally beautiful <laughs> you can't choose based on that merit try again <laughs> and then it's like oh you're you're um you're 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 a homosexual. You you like men. Well, here's six equally attractive guys. We do not care. Just pick one of them. Is it really the junk, or is it their facial features? Is it the amount of tattoos that they have on their on their person? What what do you care for? And they are and it's this meltdown mode. It's almost like a deal or no deal scenario, where it's no, you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and refuse and and drop one of these people. <laughs> And, and they have to have this pressure on themselves of like, oh, no, I don't want to. I, oh, oh, green. I choose the green person. I want to get rid of the green one. Oh, well, you're getting rid of a travel agent. Yeah. And you do get to meet them, right? It's not at no point are you encouraged to discard them without meeting them as a person. And then, like I said, that three to four minute segment is my favorite part of the show where it's then they give their thoughts and it's like, 
well, they didn't pick me, but I'm proud of who I am. He compliment. He didn't really care much for my accent, but I'm proud of being from Wales. Yeah, or even sometimes they'll be like, well, he's not really my type, so I'm okay with this. Like, I'm glad I didn't go on the date. <laughs> and it's like, it'll be a little honest, and it's not like at them. It's just, eh, didn't happen. Oh, well. And a lot of the shows, it's like uh, Patty McGinnis. Let the let the foxes see the wolf. No li- no likey, no lighty. Ha ha. And you're just like, oh, well, this isn't good because it's just. Yeah, what, what about your final thoughts? What do you think about the show? I'm really curious. I think if I'm all right, there are two ways I can go about this. There is the appeal of the show, which I kind of already elaborate, very open, very honest of who it is. Uh, it's it's a little shock value because of the nudity, but not in a way that's distasteful to any of the people appearing on the show. And it's a way more open casting wise with who they get as the suitors and who they get as the contestants, which they don't even treat it like it's a gimmick. Like you gotta tune in next week. We got our very first trans contestant. No, and in fact, it's you know not even revealed that one of the contestants is trans. Until he turns around to show his ass. And it was. The, and he has a little tattoo. Yeah, it was a cute little tattoo, by the way. It was like a little cute. Yeah. little perky. Uh, <laughs> and then a little educational line drawing segment. It's very clean. And you learn uh, there's 500, oh, if I can get the story straight, it's 500,000 residents are transgender, but only one third of them have gone through hormones. And it's like, I never knew that. Genital surgery is what it oh, was. Genital surgery. Um, they went through the, the genital surgery. Yeah. Some choose, some opt out because it's a very scary procedure. Others are just happy being who they are. And it's like, oh, wow. And also, sometimes the procedures that are available aren't what you want. And maybe the recovery isn't what you want. There's a lot of reasons people choose not to do that. And I, I like this, this show for doing that because it's, you get a little educational lesson in the middle of this crazy bonkers game, like game show yeah it really is crazy bonkers i uh, the thing the only thing is i'm trying to figure out i mean i already said mtv but it's like how would i do the show if i had like the production rights to naked attraction that's the and i think it would almost be exactly like this it would just be with americans that's that's it and I yeah would tr- that'd be a really good show i'd watch that and i would try my best to get uh to try my best to make sure there's different accents too, just so that when it gets to the voice round, you might get a Texan, you might get someone from New York, Boston, you never know. Oh, I love a good Boston accent. So, so it becomes that way. And, and it also has to have that same meticulous casting where it's, what are you looking for? A musician? Okay. We are getting six musicians here and we are going to make sure like there is, and, and we don't treat the, anyone as a gimmick we don't treat them like uh for shock value so if we get a gender queer uh, contestant we welcome them and it's in just like this show they just welcome it pick which one of these people you want to get the only thing is i don't know who to get as a host that's the weirdest thing i can't decide who is the american anna richardson oh that's a really good question i don't know it's interesting and listeners, if you know, why don't you write in? <laughs> write in, uh, send it over to me on Twitter at JordanHaw, um, or you can probably send it to, to the email, JordanHaws at gmail.com, uh, with the caption, Hosting of Naked Attraction. I'm thinking it would have to be, 
the thing is, I'm, I, it has to be, I think, someone who is, like, like much like Anna Richardson, like, someone who might just be, like, an LGBT ally. Someone who is lesbian or bisexual or gay or trans. Just to have that sort of open-mindedness of hosting. And there's not a lot of them in America that have that. And it seems to me like the American version would just be too loud or obnoxious. And this this show is so pure and so nice that it, it, it it's going to be tough to see how this can be imported without just talking about cock size for three and a half hours. Should we get Ricky Lake? Maybe Ricky Lake. Uh, Jerry uh, Springer. <laughs> it has to be someone who's okay Laverne, with being around naked I, I was thinking Laverne Cox would be really good. That would be fun. <laughs> now that, now uh, that would I don't know if you saw this. She had this uh, YouTube series, I think for MTV, I'm not sure, where she goes and she talks to young, like, gay kids and she talks to them about coming out. And it, it was really lovely. There's six short episodes, some media company, some I watch Laverne Cox's really nice. Naked Attraction. Oh, she's so good. Oh, I would watch it too. It would be great. Could, She'd could, be a great host. Because that then now we're getting into that actually sounds like a perfect match on this. Uh, the only other one I was thinking of is like we said Dan Savage like that would also but but that's only on the instance of of the history notific like the storyline lies of the why do people act a certain way the history of tattoos or what certain symbols mean but I think Laver- I think we nailed it it's Laverne Cox we also yeah, probably have so. to speed it up though we do have to probably speed up just slightly because this was like I think 47 minutes yeah instead of being uh an hour-long show it would be a half hour show with no, one, it'd be with an one hour, contestant you do one contestant no you still do two absolutely you play it off because i think that that's sort of the fun of it right you give everyone what they want then it should be an hour-long show then because the 47 minutes is yeah. a 44 minute hour long so you could easily with commercial breaks one episode's 30 the next half is 30 and i mean sometimes you can do like, like love connection when they did on fox it was the first half was the male second half was the female one time it was you know here's the female the three male suitors and here is uh the first and they had to really bring in the fact it's a gay relationship and i think that is 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 when a lot of people get upset i i i think that I don't know yeah, if I'm going to I think into definitely, that. you know, the show has a tendency to go with lesbians over gay men, but it's socially having the hook, the personality hook into these people that lets you, as the viewer, be interested in a gay man if you're a straight man and in his choices. I think there's still, you know, you're surprised. It, oh, he also doesn't like tattoos, or there's these other little hooks that you might is, not expect. This is a perfect show for those that say, I have no problems with those that are gay or whatever. Just don't shove it in my throat. Because when if a game like this, they do not shove that in your throat. They just show them as they are. No, and these people, They're not they, even like celebrating. Just like, nope, this is just a regular episode. To, yeah, not, not to put too fine a point on it. I think you and I both know that those people... For those people, there's no amount of gay content that is acceptable or that is permissible. It's always going to be too much, right? Yeah, obviously. but it's the perfect like litmus test to show them go. Nope, you it just is. clearly just don't okay, care. Put your money where your mouth is, dude. 
and I, I dig this show. I would not want to be a contestant on this show. I'm a little self-conscious myself, but it is still a fun show to watch. It's really fun to watch. Uh, so I, I say it's a definite good game show. I still don't know how this will work in America, but I like the idea of Laverne Cox. MTV. MTV. We're serious. MTV Laverne Cox. There we go. Get the managers up. And now I got the questions up here. You know, this this is the good, exciting final part of the show. Yeah, trivia, right? Yeah, this is the lightning round. Five questions, 60 right. seconds on the clock. For every question you get correct, you get one free plug. That means if you get every question correct, that's five free plugs. Most podcasts only limit you to two. Okay. Oh, that's really fun. I like that a lot. So you're in? I'm in. All right, so let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Da, 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 da. What do you typically get a co- at a coffee shop? Sorry, you're going to have to say it again. You cut out. What do I typically what at a what coffee shop? What do you typically shop? get at a coffee shop? Uh, my order is a almond milk chai latte. A great place to go on a first date. The park, actually. Name something you do on a couch. Watch TV. Do you think anybody got married from Naked Attraction? I don't think anyone did, but I hope someone did, because I think that would make me very happy. Would you rather date Sue Perkins or Anna Richardson? Oh, come on, Sue Perkins. You gotta, I mean... Sue Perkins. Come That's on. it? You, you got five right. Oh my gosh, I got all five? Okay. This is what happens when you are the arbitrary judge. <laughs> I like that a lot. Personally, I, I, I would say neither because they're a beautiful couple as is. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to break it up. That's the real correct answer. It's just <laughs> nice to be in the You have five room. free plugs. You have won this game. What do you want to plug? All right, so here's what I'm going to plug. First, I'm going to tell everyone to listen to my podcast, which really is quite good. And, you know, podcasting is like a venereal disease. The more you listen to it, the more podcasts you too. So why not add mine to the list? My podcast is called Ephemera, E-P-H-E-M-E-R-A. And it's all about little stories, um, tellings that have been preserved in amber by the internet. So it's all little interesting blasts from the past, things that only could have happened online. I have some stories about EVE Online, which is really an exciting little world. I have a story about the internet's first cancer death hoax. Uh, I have from 1999, like really remarkable stuff. I have stories about uh, all kinds of things. Really, you'll find something every month, I think. Uh, So I would plug my podcast, that's Ephemera, and you can find it online, here's the second plug, at the website, storiesfromtheinter.net. That's the phrase stories from the internet and then just dot net instead of internet being one word. Uh, I also would like to plug, uh, I guess, five plugs. I have three left. You can plug anything. It doesn't have to be your own stuff. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. I was going to plug two podcasts that I really like and that I've guested on recently. Uh, So one of them is this podcast called Extra Credit, taking kind of the internet's funniest little deep dives into content from the internet and a bunch of people who are kind of funny respond to it and say things. Ha ha ha. It's like a nerd thing, but it's good. A bunch of my friends do it. I guessed on it. It's nice. Uh, And that's Extra Credit, which is kind of like the F+, which is a more an older potting thing. 
I'll also shout out a podcast I really like also about the internet called Homo Vulgaris is quote, a podcast about Lynn Apocalypse. It's a really interesting, deep divey, uh, again. It is. I've guessed on that podcast. The best way to explain it is. a good one recently. The best way to explain it is if Chapo Trap House is just politics and leftism and Hot Day of America is just leftist comedy and Struggle Session is leftist critique of media, Homo Vulgarius is leftist critique of internet. Like, rather, it's yeah, YouTube, say, the e-commerce. If, yeah, responding, if it, to, responding to, you know, Chris Chan, responding to a lot, of, an awful lot of Chris Chan. So if that's your bag, it's not 100% mine, but if that's your bag, new home. So shout out to Stu and Shagoff. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Lovely. Dear friends both. Uh, and finally, I have just a couple names that I'm going to shout out, if that's okay. Of course. And that'll be five. All right. So I'd like to uh, get through in one go. So I'm going to shout out uh, Big Homie Stinky Pussy, Reggae Dale Cooper, Black Momo Challenge, Chinese Ivers, Kia De La Honda, Blim Tebow, Luigi with a Gun, the President of the United States of America, Rupi Carr Groiper, Johnny Sun, Please Stop Strangling Dogs, and my favorite, June 4th Tiananmen Square Map. Thank you so much. Are they like donators to your Patreon or... <laughs> Uh, oh, um, I do have a Patreon. Yeah, but it's part. It's it's attached to my podcast. You get more podcasts. You get good stuff. Uh, go to my website. It's got all the inf- once again stories from the internet. My podcast is really good. Oh, and I haven't mentioned the episodes are only twenty minutes. Perfect for your community. Oh, good because this is usually two hours long and has a lot of game shows to get through. Yeah, I, I wanted something that was very you know short and sweet didn't drag anything out too long and that really let me look at the sort of smaller stories uh, and, and please check it out and it's also nice uh cultural relevance i see a lot of youtubers try to do that whole let's talk about internet culture let's talk about remember this remember that this is more in I, I would sense- say i always have a spin on something that is unique uh for example uh world of warcraft a long time ago had this thing called the corrupted blood plague I've heard of that. Yeah, a lot of people have heard of it. And a bunch of YouTubers have made videos where they're like, what was the Corrupted Blood Plague? And it's all kind of video, but some of them are 10 minutes longer. And so what I did for my episode is it's an episode all about sort of the epidemiological reaction to the data from this like plague-like event in an MMO space. And what that led to regards to disease researchers changing the way they build their model. And I think that that reading story that no one else was telling about that kind of interesting thing. And that's what, what you why, why wouldn't they? Ever. Those would be clickbaity kind of things because it's World of Warcraft. That's a video game. We appeal to video game people. You're going with the significance of it. You're going for, well, why was this significant? Yeah. And, and what was the significance? You know, a lot of I was very frustrated at all the videos I watched about this and just said, oh, and it, you know, Someone wrote a paper about it even. And I was like, well, what was the paper? Like, is the paper interesting? And I went and I found the paper. And then that led me to, you know, a conference talk and then another conference talk. And the episode is kind of about the... I always have my own lens on and I would say it's always... So do check it out. Thank you so much for stopping by. Stephanie B, our big winner today. It's an honor just to be nominated, Alex. Thank you so much. Jordan, I know you're Jordan. I was trying to do an Alex Trebek, thank God. It sounded like I didn't. Fuck. It's okay. We're still here. I'm Jordan. (laughs) Thank you so much. This was really fun to record. It was, I wasn't sure how it was going to go, and I think it was really fun. (laughs)
I had a fantastic time talking about this show with Stephanie. That was one of the best uh, moments ever because kind of flipped the script of normally I'm the one having to explain the show. So yeah, contestants mostly get 75 pounds to appear on the show. Also, uh, there's two chaperones to make sure they don't bump into the suitor. Now, in a press statement in 2018, Anna Richardson said, It's not about being naked. It's about acceptance, individuality, and confidence. It's braved out there, and it's a very positive thing. Studio Lampert said it was a bold new experiment in which only their bodies gave the clues to the personality and lifestyles, which I think is something we need to stress out. This is kind of why I kind of enjoyed watching Naked Attraction. It's because we're supposed to figure almost like a, a like a Room Raiders on MTV sort of vibe of getting to understand the person based only on appearances. Uh... Originally, not a lot of people agreed on the show, according to a report on The Guardian. Critics branded it Blind Date in a Brothel or Blind Date with the Knobs On. And 160 people complained to Channel 4 or other broadcasting regular Ofcom on Fridays. Now, according to Charlotte Rose, who is a sex therapist, the body is beautiful no matter what shape or size it is. And you shouldn't judge someone on the basis of their body shape, which unfortunately is the cause of the show. But Anna Richardson says... It was surprisingly easy to persuade people to shed their clothes on TV. And I guess it wasn't for the 75 pounds. People do it for all different reasons and say, this is actually rather liberating. Sometimes it was for practical reasons. Women saying they had tried every dating app and had been single for two years. Sometimes it was more complicated. Like Maddie from episode one who had a prosthetic leg. Who said when you lost a leg, appearing naked is the least of your worries. And that's something I really want to address on why this show is kind of brave and bold and why I kind of dig it. Because they are open about all body types and even sexualities on the show. And for, for some reason, there's still a gross amount of transphobia in the game show fandom. And Naked Attraction's actually more lovely and more wholesome than a good chunk of the game show fandom that I see. I, I just kind of blame the reactionary conservative people who, you know, listen to Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson to get their ideals. And they just get upset because they don't understand or want to understand what does it mean to be trans. Meanwhile, here's this British game show that just not openly, openly allows people to be themselves, but lets them live their best life. And if everyone's happy, both the contestant and the suitor, even in a we don't choose you sort of thing that at least brings awareness and it, it makes sure that everyone's included and i i think that's why i actually enjoy this show doesn't matter how fat you are how skinny you are how tall you are how short you are what limbs you might not have what body parts you might not have Everyone here is capable of finding love, and it would not surprise me if some of the contestants who didn't even find love on the show wound up finding love in other mysterious ways, because this is a very openly positive show, and I'm glad Stephanie brought the show to my attention, because it's, yeah, it's a guilty pleasure show, because you are looking at knockers, but it also is a fascinating look at basic humanity and that's kind of why i like this show and i think we need more shows that are more positive and loving and that's why i do enjoy 
Naked Attraction. Now it's time for the segment that people seem to remember, the 110-part series exploring every pricing game on The Price is Right. This is the Pricing Game Spotlight! One Right Prize! Premiere date, September 11, 1975. Tape number 1584D. Aired of order, September 9th, 1975. Premiere date, Carrie Era. October 19th, 2007. Aired of order, November 20th, 2007. Playing the Big Doors. Um, It's a gameplay with two prizes. It's an A-B game, folks. Uh, model tip, formerly J.S. Pennington, walks out. The model stands in the center to show the host, the contestant, and the studio audience the one right price. Then the contestant must decide which prize, the left or the right, has that price. If the contestant chooses the right, correct price, they win both prizes, making the wrong choice, and you don't win any prizes. The game entered the rotation permanently November 6, 1975, tape number 1664D. Occasionally, one right price can be played for two cars, but most of the time it's played for two prizes that were less than $10,000. Sometimes the game can offer two trips. On at least one playing on March 18, 1992, the two trips were revealed each behind two doors. The game changed three times. The dates were May 17th, 1977, 2382D, March 25th, 1983, uh, number 844855D. The current setup premiered April 18th, 1988, number 6851D. In the Dennis James nighttime shows, there was a variation of the game. It was played for three furs. Dennis himself held the one right price, and the hidden prices were face down on stands. Two cars are played on primetime specials. On May 20th, 2015, uh, 7143K, or May 6th, originally rescheduled air May 5th, Danielle Perez, a contestant in a wheelchair that also had no feet, wound up winning a treadmill while playing this game. That was the viral clip that you probably vaguely remember. On the Summer Beach Party Special, August 11, 2015, One Right Price was renamed One Righteous Price and was won. On March 23rd, 2017, the College Rivals episode, Warnessa Hightower from Texas won trips to Lake Tahoe and New Orleans, while da David Webb was denied. The most number of times this game was played in any season was 55. That's, that's the game. There's no uh, alternate. There's no trivia. It really is just a basic AB game. But similar to... I just want to stress this right now. Uh, people get this confused in the game show world, especially Price is Right. Uh, one right price is the two prices with one price. The one you're thinking of where it's the two price tags and one is right, the one right price is called double prices. We talked about that in an earlier episode. One right price is played with two prices, double prices, one prize. Other than that, it's a basic AB game. Where all you got to do is figure out between, say, a trip and another trip, which one's $3,000. Or between the handbags and the laptop computer, which one's $2,200. And much like how Double Prices is a simplistic AB game that can speed the game along, One Right Price can also follow suit, even though it's going to be presenting two prizes instead of one. I enjoy One Right Price uh, simply as a variation if you don't want to do Double Prices. Uh, I think one right price is also good because you want to do something clever in terms of like say two trips or two cars or a pairing like a television and then say a, a laptop computer or a jet ski and a snowmobile 
and then you offer like a six thousand dollar tag it that, that makes for a nice light variation to the game which i really enjoy with one right price um that, that, that's basically all you got to do it, it's other than that like the only cool thing is they just now like a little led like a, there's a little monitor that says one right price on on the prices right these days and they get to walk over to a little price tag when they select either like the scooter or the handbags or the the dinette set and then they one two three flip it and if it's right it's not it's not same same ideal with the re, with the reveal and that's why I kind of dig one right price. It's very quick, very easy to understand. Here's two items. Which one's three thousand two hundred and fifty bucks? Simple, simple, simple game, and that's and that's something I just enjoy. Just want to remind people: the one with the two prices, the two prizes is one right price. Two prizes is one right price. The one with the two price tags is double prices. And next time on the pricing game spotlight. Danger price. Listicles come a long way as a meaningless grab to get people to click on your articles because we are in a really bad world of journalism. This is a series about those. This is called The Rich List. Red Book Magazine. Remember them? They have an article called 15 Classic Game Shows We Wish would get a reboot well you're in luck i'm the guy who usually does reboots on the podcast let's see what 15 they decided to do number one is hollywood squares uh compete against a game of tic-tac-toe involved to determine rather celebrity desired square answer question correctly three in a row win the game but the real starts show where the square bound hollywood squares and their snappy comebacks well that's a good idea except for the fact that funny you should ask has the same bluffs that we're familiar with hollywood squares and there already is two, count them, two Hollywood Squares spinoffs. Hip Hop Squares on VH1 and Nashville Squares coming soon to CMT. But that being said, I would like to see a Hollywood Squares revival. If I were to do it, just keep it exactly like the Tom Bergeron edition was in the, in the 90s. Two, Password. And, uh, two contestants were paired with a celebrity teammate who would communicate secret phrases using one-word clues. If that didn't sound like recipe for amusement, how about the fact you were timed thought so? Password's typically played on Jimmy Fallon, but yes, I could clearly see Password being played in a modern-day format. Uh, if I was to do it, I would make it so it was the first to 25 gets to play a bonus round for $25,000, where it was speed password, where there were five words, and you had to get them all in, I believe, 60 seconds was when I originally wrote it. For each word you get right is $1,000, and then you can multiply that by five in the cash word where it's three clues and it's a much tougher password. Uh, so that way it was up to $25,000, almost similar to a match game because of the time five. And of course, you rinse, repeat, and you switch celebrity partners for the next run, and you keep going until time runs out. Uh, number three is Blockbusters. Bill Cole and Bill Rafferty, contestants answer trivia questions to clear a path at the end of a honeycomb while it's running the United States of Short Live. Versions of the game made at 13 other countries. Well, the UK version's currently on the air. I do kind of enjoy Blockbusters, but I do think that it, it's, it could be revived. But I, I think it now has a cultural appeal in the UK. And considering Daro Breen has it right now, I don't know if, if there's a possibility of rebooting it for America. Because you do have to explain the hexagon left to right and the crossword clues, which I do enjoy. I do like the two against one format. Uh, I, I I do think that do, that do, could get a reboot, but I, 
compared to the UK audience, I don't think a lot of Americans are clamoring for that kind of reboot. Although I would definitely watch a, a reboot of Blockbusters any day. Number four is American Gladiators. Bring back the Gladiators. Well, the last time they did that was in 2008 with Hulk Hogan. Uh, I mean, they, they've tried. I think the A. Smith and Company people, the American Ninja Warrior guys, were trying to do something like that. The Hell's Kitchen guys wanted to do something like that. But with shows like uh, Titan Games, it's 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 probably not that possible. Although everyone says it's knockoff American Gladiators, it, who, who knows? Although I think given today's uh, pro wrestling theme society, I don't think American Gladiators really needs a reboot, considering the cultural appeal of American Ninja Warrior. I think a lot more people want American Ninja Warrior now than they do American Gladiators, although the Joust things are still very fun. That, that maybe who knows I, I i would still watch an american gladiator show but it would have to be more sports broadcast oriented and not just you know ooh, look at turbo beating the crap out of this contestant i do miss those hamster balls though number five is make me laugh oh cindy seidelman really is a big fan of make me laugh definitely i could see make me laugh uh returning especially on like considering our love of, of stand-up comedy these days definitely you can bring that back where it's comedy central tbs or just youtube i would definitely watch a make me laugh revival that that actually does work i don't know how you'll do the point structure or a money structure like if you can get a comedian to make you laugh you lose but after 60 seconds you get like a small prize who knows uh number six weakest link hell yes weakest link that is one of the shows i most want to see revived because of course who wouldn't you have that voting out mechanic of Survivor mixed with a big money quiz in the high risk of a chain format and banking and and just trying to get questions right or else you break the chain. I like that. The only issue is who are you going to get that is equal to Ann Robinson because Ann cannot host this anymore. She's a little a little too old. So, so you got to find someone a little too snarky or someone a little too deadpan or someone very serious. And that's going to be the big crux of if you ever try to bring back Weakest Link. And I will be talking about Weakest Link soon. I just don't know which guest, but definitely, definitely, definitely would love to see Weakest Link return. One of my all-time favorite primetime game shows. Number seven is Supermarket Sweep. Well, yeah, of course, Supermarket Sweep. I talked about Supermarket Sweep. By the way, did you know when they did the run-throughs, like the test audience things in the 1960s edition of Supermarket Sweep, a person had a heart attack, and that's why they all have to do physicals before appearing on the show? I, I forgot to bring that up in the original episode, but yeah, that's a fun fact. Someone got a heart attack playing Supermarket Sweep. So... <laughs> Anyway, of course I would want Supermarket Sweep to revive. Uh, it could either be at like a, a department store. It could be at a at a store like a Walmart. Or just bring it back to the classic supermarket days. Considering how many brands there are, of course. And I can't wait to re-talk about Supermarket Sweep and get a guest to talk about that. I think that's one of the shows that's like, if I can't get Crystal Maze, I could try and host Supermarket Sweep. Because, man, I just love some Lay's potato chips, don't you? I, 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 or some Coke Zero. Just, I just want to just hang out with a giant inflatable Jolly Green Giant. Hashtag Jordan for Crystal Maze. Hashtag Jordan for Supermarket Sweep. Although, I probably do better on on Crystal Maze. 
Uh, number eight, Remote Control. Oh, hey, Adam Nita's favorite game show, Remote Control. Absolutely bring it back. Although I don't think it should really be television-oriented these days. I think it should probably be more internet age because of the way we do YouTube and Netflix. So it has to be like the sports website or it has to be the the beauty website. And it's questions about not just move about television shows, but movies and, and internet culture. I think that's the way you have to do a remote control from the modern day. But absolutely, because it has to be like a very dweeby kind of show with like a with like a host that definitely clearly is like a nerd. And I like that. I definitely would love to see a remote control revival. Number nine, when Ben Stein's money. Well, we did cover that one. I think that was one of my favorite episodes. We did that with Shane from Beast Coast, who I think just left Beast Coast recently. With John Hodgman as the Ben and Jack Allison as the Jimmy Kimmel role. I would love to have a win Ben Science Money if you got $10,000 on the line. John Hodgman as one of the, as the main Ben and Jack Allison as the host because he's snarky, witty, funny, and quick-witted just like Jimmy. So this would be perfect if you can just, if you're going to revival, that would be who I would grab. Uh, John Hodgman and Jack Allison, a fantastic reboot. We discussed this. Number 10, truth or consequences. Well, that's really stretching it. Because I do think given the sob stories, it could definitely work. This is number 10, by the way. Uh, because this was, if you don't answer the trivia question correctly, you have to do a funny physical stunt. I mean, you could kind of do that nowadays with like a big money type situation. 5, 10, 25,000 with three questions. It would work. Um, I think Phil Gurren, speaking of weakest link, Phil Gurren got the rights to True for Consequences a few years ago and is trying to pitch that to networks. I mean, even right now, he's trying to do that. And I, I say go for it. It's the only game show that has its own city, True for Consequences, New Mexico. So absolutely go for it. And it did start the whole emotional sob story. And, and you know, we brought your 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 brother from this one city to, to root you on. That, of course, bring back True for Consequences. I think it could work in a modern day format. It just, it's just been so long since that aired that I think it's time for a reboot. Number 11 is Lingo. I just recorded an episode about it. Absolutely bring back Lingo as long as it's not the Bill Engvall version. As long as it's like a Chuck Woolery quick game for $5,000 and like a bonus prize if it's on the single bounce. Go for it. That, that's all you need. It's like a progressive jackpot and a flat five grand. You're good. Because simple five-letter words, a fun puzzle, very back-end, very relaxing. That's all you need. And and for GSN, it's, it's perfect because it's one of those shows where you can even have it muted and you could still play along, which I think is kind of what GSN is trying to go for these days. Number 12, win, lose, or draw. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Bring back one, lose, or draw. Although they did bring it back recently for the Disney Channel uh, with Justin Willman uh, from Cupcake Wars. And he's that magician guy that you probably saw that Netflix show on. I absolutely think you can bring that back. Uh, I should probably find like someone who's good at art and drawing to get their thoughts on win, lose, or draw. But I, I, I enjoy that game. It's another one of those lighthearted games. But considering things like Hollywood Game Night... It's kind of pushing it because people are going to assume the Pictionary-type game is is just one aspect of Hollywood Game Night stretched out. But absolutely bring back Win, Lose, or Draw. One of the the best uh, celebrity game shows out there because it was something that was just played simply on couches in a home. And it felt like, you know, you were at home with the contestants. 
I like that. 13 out of 15 is What's My Line. Absolutely bring back What's My Line. That's the panel game show I believe needs to be brought back considering the way that we have a gig economy and a whole lot of weird occupations these days. Absolutely bring back What's My Line. What kind of weird podcast do you host? Let us know. Or, hey, what do you sell on Etsy? Let us know. And then you can go even more risque. Maybe the person's like a foot fetish model. Who knows? There's a lot of ways you can go about what's my line in a modern day setting that in this world where to tell the truth is still on the air. Absolutely bring back what's my line. Absolutely. This show should be brought back. And, and, and rather, it should be on ABC as a panel show or some other network as their attempt to have a celebrity panel game show. Go for it. What's My Line definitely, definitely should return, especially that mystery guest format. Because then you can get some big, big celebrity, and it makes it a lot more fun. I could just imagine like a big name musician sitting in this in the seat. I could imagine like a, a big actor sitting in the seat. It, it would work a whole lot, and I, I, I want to see that. I do, I do want to see what's my line. That's, that's also a yes. 14, beat the geeks. Uh, I mean, I like pop culture trivia, and I do like Paul Goebel, but I, I mean, it lasted two years, short-lived game show. Three contestants can be it against themselves in Pantheon and Geeks. I mean, I, considering the world of internet and pop culture and nerd them these days, abs, I, I think beat the geeks could work as like a YouTube series. Uh, where it's played with more unique uh, trivia, especially. But I don't think it should just be stuck to, like, music, movies, television. I think it should just be, like, very oddly specific things, like comic books, science fiction movies, The Walking Dead, or, like, just three geeks and just two contestants. Then you might have something more interesting on your hands there. But yeah, Beat the Geeks was a fun show. I, I could see that returning. I like pop culture trivia is kind of the new trivia these days. It's not really so much history and politics and, and geography. So maybe, maybe do Beat the Geeks. And finally, You Bet Your Life, hosted by Groucho Marx, legendary game show, got its radio start and transitioned to television, where it lived on again, off again for a number of years. The show is uh, witty and tuned in for Marx's witty one-liners and zany antics. Well, I mean, late night talk shows kind of do that right now, but uh, I don't know if I see that's the one I don't know about. If about you bet your life, because because for some reason I think a lot of networks are just wanting celebrities doing stuff and not really civilians, and that's kind of a shame. Because I do think of what the best part about uh, you bet your life is the fact it's ordinary people basically getting interviewed. So if you're going to do like a modern day You Bet Your Life, it it has to be somewhat of like a late night talk show style format than simply uh, just a, a game show with trivia and you answer the questions and the rubber duck shows up. Although definitely bring back the rubber duck with the $100 bill. I think that's kind of funny. Um But no, I, I think of anything What's My Line definitely of the list, although I do enjoy... When Ben Saints Money's revival with Hodgman. Uh, <laughs> I, I I like all these, and definitely some of these game shows will be talked about in a future episode of the podcast. Thank you for stopping by. I uh, guess this is the end of uh, game shows, I suppose, this week. Be sure to rate the comments, subscribe, like they always say they do on the YouTube videos. 
because uh, we're all over the place, I guess. And uh, be sure to tell your friends about this podcast, because it actually does mean a lot that people are tuning in and getting inspired to do their own niche podcast. I appreciate that. Uh, I know we're not the only game show podcast around the block, but I do think that we are the smartest. That's not even true either. I'm kind of a dumbass. But thank you again for tuning in. Join us next week for a brand new episode with another great game show. Until then, big smooch. Mwah!